Good morning and welcome to WSAU Feedback. I'm Meg Ellison. Thanks for joining me this morning. Got a little carried away um, during my off-air conversation with my guest this morning. Ooh, at the wire we got on the air. Thank you for joining me this morning. I had the day, well, not really the day off. I was actually down in Madison yesterday at the state capitol for the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association Advocacy Day. Had a great time. If I have an opportunity this morning, I'll talk a little bit about it. But I do have back-to-back guests this morning. Lane Ruland is joining me. Uh, She is an attorney with her own firm, and she and I became acquainted. I believe it was when uh, we were shut down during uh, Tony Evers' illegal stay-at-home orders, and she participated in the litigation against the state of Wisconsin. Good morning, Lane. How are you? Good morning, Meg. I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you for asking. So am I correct in saying that you you were part of the the legal team that uh, sued the Evers administration? Is that characterizing I was, correctly? I was, and, and it was uh, so far one of the highlights of my legal career, uh, no doubt. Wow. Well, let's talk about it because, I mean, I all I know is, is, is the way that I, and this is something that will stay with me, I think, and, and one of the, I, I, I suppose it's perhaps what drew me back in to the racket that we all know as, as, that we all know and hate as politics, but I had decided that I was going to stay in the private sector and I wasn't going to go back and, and just seeing our, our elected officials make a decision, make such a decision about telling business owners and people who wanted to attend church and school children and you name it, workers, that they were either essential or not and that they couldn't go to work, they couldn't function in their society. It's just, it's beyond me how anyone could ever forget that and how anyone could ever forgive our government for doing that to us. Well, and don't forget that um, the order that was litigated that I was a part of um, came from Secretary Palm of the Department of Health Services. That was in late March of 2020. And if you'll recall, that basically made it illegal to leave your home unless you met certain exceptions of the order. So it was it was far more egregious than even saying you're essential or non-essential, but you shouldn't leave your home. Yeah, that, that was that was scary. Yeah, it was disturbing, I think. And I remember the first days that it had occurred. I truly went through and and you know I've, I've said this all along but during the course of what I like to characterize as the shamdemic I was never afraid of the virus as much as I was afraid of my own government and I think that's the part that will stay with me forever is that we had to fear our own government in a, in a reprisal from our own government for just wanting to live our lives as American citizens Well, this is where we should be so grateful for our state legislature because they stood up and fought this. And, and, you know, this was a hard time to do something like this, but they decided this is a bridge too far and um, hired uh, a fantastic legal team. Um, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. There were some wonderful lawyers uh, who litigated this this with me. Um, Ryan Walsh represented the legislature and actually argued in front of the the court on this issue. I I know many uh, probably watched those arguments that were very curious about the outcome of this case. But but interestingly about this case is that you had such a 
uh, egregious order. It was getting a lot of attention, obviously. And the legal theory that ultimately brought it down was actually pretty boring. And my entire legal career, I have been trying to get others to see the light as to why Wisconsin's administrative law is so important and so interesting. And people hear administrative law and almost instantly fall asleep. But it was that law, that that uh, area of our statutes that actually ended up uh, making this order invalid. And, and what, what our administrative law says is that these state agencies, they can't just do whatever they want. They can't just put out orders making law. You know, we have a state legislature who makes the law, and these state agencies are creatures of the state legislature. And these agencies have to have statutory authority to do what they're going to do. And then not only that, even if they have the authority to issue an order like they did in, in March of 2020, there's a process that they have to go through, and it's a rigorous process on purpose that has legislative oversight. It has opportunity for public input, and that's the rulemaking process. And the Department of Health Services didn't go through that rulemaking process. So whether they have the authority to do what they did or not was sort of moot in this case because they never went through that rulemaking process. They never let the public have a say in what they were doing. They never let the legislature have any oversight. But then on top of that, they didn't have the underlying statutory authority to say you can't leave your home unless certain exceptions apply. And and that was the that was the legal argument that we put forth in that case and that the court ultimately agreed with us on. You know, I can remember, I don't know how many weeks we were sort of on the edge of our seats waiting for uh, a ruling from the state Supreme Court. And, you know, to think that we actually, it had to be elevated to that level. I mean, I think that's what's most frustrating for us non-legal people is that we have to constantly retain attorneys, retain legal counsel in order to get our elected officials, and in this case, our unelected officials, to adhere to the law. And I, I mean, I guess I think that would be like, uh, that would probably be one of the questions I have is how how were they even able to to do this in the first place? How were they even able to follow through with this in the first place if it was indeed illegal to begin with? Well, you know, as the secretary of the Department of Health Services, just put out an order. And, you know, what are you going to do if, if you don't understand sort of administrative law and you haven't analyzed the Constitution <laughs> to see if this is legal or not? What are you going to do as a business owner or as an individual or as a parent? I mean, there's this order saying, you know, there could be criminal penalties if you violate this piece of paper I put out. And, you know, the legislature stepped up and needed to make it clear, you know, here's what the law is and, and you can't do this without some oversight and, and you can't do this without the statutory authority. And it, it is unfor unfortunate that a lot of issues uh, beyond even just the, the safer at home order uh, has to rise up to the level of our state Supreme Court or sometimes our U.S. Supreme Court. But I think that really highlights just how important the makeup of our state Supreme Court is. Yeah, and that's why I'm sure people, some of our listeners are wondering, are you just taking a trip down memory lane? But no, we're not. In fact, this is specifically 
why I asked you to join us this morning is to talk about the importance of the state Supreme Court election and just to engage our listeners in how you participated in a, a, a very important case that uh, if we had a different makeup in our state Supreme Court at that time in 2020, who knows, we may still be in a lockdown situation. Well, that's exactly right. And that case, it was a 5-2 decision that was before the spring election, uh, where unfortunately Justice Kelly did not win re-election. But in that case, if we had a different makeup, if we had more of a liberal majority on the court, you're right. I, who knows where we would have ended up? Who knows what kind of law would be made in that case that would apply even well beyond that safer-at-home order as far as what these state agencies can do when they're they're regulating uh, us as individuals or or our businesses. It yes, everything could have been different with a different makeup uh, on the court. Yeah, and we can, I mean we can't count on the fact either that Democrats or those on the left will ever learn a lesson because I mean we we know that they are well they are known to repeat the same bad decision making and the same mistakes. And, you know, I think that the other part of the state Supreme Court election, which is so critical, uh, is is the idea that there are other very key pieces of legislation that were passed over the last, over the course of the last 10, 15 years, including Act 10, Right to Work, Concealed Carry, et cetera. And all of that is in peril should the makeup of the state Supreme Court change in this upcoming election. Well, that's absolutely right. And when you have one candidate out there for Supreme Court saying that the the electoral maps are rigged, uh, it's very concerning from my perspective, and I think most because every time new maps, new legislative maps, or new electoral maps are drawn, those go up before the state Supreme Court, and you have a candidate out there saying the maps are rigged. Well, we know how she is going to vote uh, when that case comes before her. And and that's the perfect example of, of what's at stake here. We've got two candidates that have kind of signaled that it's, n- it's not about letting the law take them to their decision. It's about we have a decision, we have an outcome in mind, and we're going to use the law to get to that outcome. And that's really concerning. And, and you're right, Meg, it's not just you know, forward-looking, what's to come before them, but it's all of these crucial conservative reforms that are at stake. Wisconsin voter ID, right-to-work legislation, Act 10, as I mentioned, legislative redistricting. And also, if we're looking forward, we have a very important election coming up in 2024. And as you can imagine, there's likely to be a lot of litigation, especially in Wisconsin, which is considered probably the most important a swing state in 2024. Well, and I mean, it's it's pretty common knowledge that Democrats like to legislate at the bench, and that's that's what again is is most concerning with regard to this upcoming state Supreme Court election. Well, Lane Ruland, I am glad that first of all that you joined me this morning, but that you're also going to be participating in our upcoming event on this coming Saturday. Get involved, Wisconsin is sponsoring an event, uh, an educational event, why the state Supreme Court election is so important. She, Lane will be appearing on a panel uh, of attorneys, and they will be talking in more depth about this particular issue, that we're, this topic that we are discussing this morning. 
Is there anything else that uh, I guess that you have have concerns about? I mean, we've talked about past legislation. You did hint of uh, s- something that perhaps is coming forward in in well in the future that we should also be concerned about. That perhaps Democrats are licking their chops, waiting to file some sort of lawsuit against whomever. Oh well, absolutely. If if I'm a Democrat attorney, I'm pouring over all the defense in these cases, in the Act 10 case, in the voter ID case, um, in all of the election-related litigation. And I'm coming up with my legal theories that are going to uh, sway a liberal majority of the court. And that's going to have real impacts in 2024. We know this is, a, is something that is done every election cycle. There's litigation to change the rules. And you don't think some of these attorneys are planning and plotting and have filings ready to go, um, you're going to be in for a big surprise. So I imagine we'll see something like that. And I, I just want to add um, for your listeners that this election, uh, there's there's four candidates, but there is not a partisan primary. So theoretically, the two more liberal candidates could make it out of the primary. And so it, it is really important uh, to go out and vote if you care about these issues. And that primary is February 21st. And then the top two vote getters from the primary uh, go on to the, the general spring election, which is on April 4th. It's something that not only should every concerned citizen here in Wisconsin be voting, but you should be making a point to inform others about it. But, well, Lane Ruland, I look forward to seeing you this coming Saturday, the 21st, here in Wausau, and uh, we look forward to your participation on the, the legal panel. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Well, thank you, Meg. I look forward to it as well. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Going to roll to a break and then go into the 830 News. For your information, the there are still some tickets available for this event on Saturday in which are my guest this morning, Lane Ruland, and actually my guest this after the 8.30 news, State Representative Scott Krug is also going to be joining me after the news, but he will also be participating on a legislative panel. I encourage you to go out to getinvolvedwi.com to reserve your tickets today. And again, the event is this Saturday, January 21st from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. here in Wausau. All the information is out on the website, Get Involved. WI.com. I'm going to roll to a break and then the news is up next, followed by the second half of feedback. And my guest, my second guest this morning, State Representative Scott Krug, who is also the chairman of the Assembly Committee on Campaigns and Elections. I encourage you to continue to tune in on WSAU. Hey, hey. Good morning. Thanks for joining me on WSAU Feedback. I'm Meg Ellison. Hope you were able to tune in during the first half of Feedback. My guest, Attorney Lane Ruland, will also be joining us at the Get Involved Wisconsin Educational Event this coming Saturday here in Wausau. Go out to getinvolvedwi.com to reserve your tickets. Also, sat down with uh, Speaker Robin Voss yesterday. We talked about his contribution to the event he will be doing a question and answer session as well so if that intrigues you at all please do go out to get involved wi.com and get your tickets gonna roll into the 830 news followed by the second half of feedback and my guest on the second half is state representative scott krug will be joining me 
Tune in after the news on WSAU Feedback.